What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of Sports Gumbo. I'm Drew Laska. He's Eric Pierre, a.k.a. E-Money. Eric, what's going on, brother? What's up, man? Um, oh, I'm excited. I think my Texas Longhorns, they were going to be top five next of season. Of course, there has to be some Longhorn talk. Hey, listen, Nick Saban retiring. Texas got some players in the portal. Unfortunately, we didn't get Caleb Downs. That safety would have been nice. But I think we're going to get that uh, Corn Muhammad from Washington. We should be – we ended the year top three. We should start start top three. And we probably should beat Georgia here later in the fall. Hey, did you see that Nike commercial, by the way, with Nick Saban? I thought that was tough. No. About – so, so it was it was um, narrated, and obviously it had um, clips of Nick Saban, and it said, however long he's been coaching, that um, that you know no one has been able to sleep, and now that he's retired, everybody can finally get some rest. Basically, saying just because he's been kicking everybody, but um, he's been keeping people yeah. up all night. So, yeah, you got to check it out. But hey, but um, another thing is, I watched a press conference of his. And um, he said something that was really interesting and a quote that I really loved. And so for our go-getters out there, um, you know, he said that, especially with this new generation, is that people think that they have a lot of choices. They think they have a lot of options. But when it comes to greatness, there isn't, an, there isn't a lot of mm. options because it takes what it takes. Mm. And um, I just re- I really love that because he's right. There is no yeah. choices. If you if you want to be great, it's you got to grind. You got to graft, and so um, there's no yeah. other options. There's no other way around it. You can't skip the struggles. You can't skip steps. So shout out the next Dave Saban on a wonderful career. Yeah, definitely. Listen, I I make fun of you know. Listen, I make fun of Bama sometimes, but Nick Saban is the greatest college football coach ever. The guy was the greatest recruiter. You know, a lot of people, even people that play basketball, if you got, if Nick Saban contacted you, that would make your life. Oh, yeah. Nick Saban helped a lot of men. In fact, I remember, I remember that, remember that rant he did about Mushin Muhammad, where he said, somebody got in trouble and all you guys wanted to toss him that rant. Mm-hmm. But I was, he, he said he was right. And Mushin Muhammad is now a president of a company. He's got kids. Uh, one of his sons plays football at Texas A&M. He's got all kinds of stuff. So, Nick, shout out to you. Um, the one thing I did get annoyed with, though, I didn't like his rants about agents and NIL, but yet he did have NIL and, and he did talk with agents. But, you know, I think he left because it was getting difficult to control that. And with the NIL era, schools like Texas and Georgia are starting to eat his lunch on recruits. And I think it was a good time for him to leave. If Nick was younger, he would stay and, and adapt. But since he's in the 70s, why put up with it? So he left at the right time. And this past season was probably his best coaching job because if you look at that roster, this was not one of Alabama's best teams. And they took the defending – they took the national champions to overtime. Yeah. With a subpar quarterback, even though I actually know some of his representation. But Jalen Monroe did not have a good passing game. If Jalen Monroe had a decent passing game, Bama would have won. And despite Mill Rowe not playing well, throwing the ball, they nearly up, uh, pulled the upset on Michigan. So shout out to Saban. Yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. As soon as he announced his retirement, I went to Twitter and I said that, um, you know, the, the NIL just got had to 
make a play and him making mm-hmm. this decision because it's tough for these older coaches. You know what I mean? This takes a lot of energy out of you. You you invest in all of these kids, and then eight months later, they have the option of walking away and leaving, and that's a cycle that's repeated over and over. And, and, and the yeah. recruiting playing field, to a certain extent, has been leveled out because of the NIL where, you know, 10 years ago, Alabama was getting the best of the best. And so – you know, all that yeah. stuff played a factor, and it's they like they always say, Eric, it's a young man's game. Yeah, I mean, little Coach K stepped away. Roy Williams yep. stepped away. Um, you know, if these guys, if 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 Roy Williams, Coach K, Nick Saban were fifteen years younger, they would adapt and be fine. Uh, I mean, look, Kirby Smart is a Nick Saban disciple. He's adapted. He's the best coach in college football, right? Jim Harbaugh took the bag to go to the NFL. Plus, I think he's he did a Pete Carroll left before the sanctions are coming. Look at Steve Sarkeesian, Sarkeesian, another Saban disciple, doing exceptional at Texas. Now he has to show he can build a consistent winner. But Sark won 10 games for the first time. Texas has a large collective. Georgia has a large collective, right? You know, um, Ohio State has a large collective, and their coaches are younger, are younger men, right? You know, Ryan Day is a young guy. Sark is – I don't think he's quite 50 – Neither is Kirby. Actually, one of my good friends here, Brett Milliken, was a uh, shout-out to my pastor, Brett Milliken, played football with Kirby. So Kirby's a young guy. These three coaches are going to be, you know, these coaches are going to be around for a while. And, you know, the one thing for Saban, too, it's hard to control these collectives. Look what happened at USC. Or look what happened at Florida's collective with the whole Jaden Rashada. Now they're under investigation. This is a young man's sport. There's a lot of dynamics. And he's, you know, First of all, the players should be paid a long time ago. What I don't like is that the colleges are still not have to pay out of their own pocket. They're relying wow. on third parties. And then they're still not sharing out of the billions of dollars of TV revenue with the players. As much as I love Saban, Sark, Kirby, we don't turn on the TV and say, oh, let me see, let me see the visor that Kirby Smart is wearing today. Let me see, <laughs> let me see the threads that Sark is. No, I'm there to watch <laughs> Quinn Ewers. I'm there to watch, you know, Bryce Young, Will Anderson. <laughs> we come watch, we're watching the players baby but while we're on That's the right. talk of football while we're on the on the topic of football uh obviously the super bowl is in a couple of weeks and guess where it is ladies and gentlemen it's in las vegas las vegas has been the hot Viva spot las vegas the place is on fire it held the f1 there uh, f1 race uh-huh. a couple of months ago it just yep. had it just it had the uh the the nfl draft there um uh, in 2023 and also yeah. the aces have won the championship in the wnba back and they to just back. Had something yeah back to back by the way what else did they just have there um ces oh the, the no the uh the in season tournament this uh, the ist that's right yeah, ces is everywhere in vegas yeah but yeah vegas is the perfect place to have traffic is bad when these things are around i was in vegas during thanksgiving uh, they were building stuff for uh, F1. It took a while to take down. I missed the draft in Vegas by a couple of days because my sister got married. Um, and that was in 2022 when the draft was there. I just literally missed the draft by like one day. Um, I wasn't there for the IST. Uh, Aces are winning. Uh, you know, Vegas is supposed to get the A's. And it you know, looks like there's going to be a bill. To what to knock down the Tropicana Hotel and put the A Stadium there, retractable roof. So 
It's oh, becoming wow. a major city. They already have an NHL. I think NBA is going to be there next three to five years. I think the I IST is the path to prepare that city for the NBA. They have an NBA quality arena. Uh, they have all the hotels. They have the nightlife. You know, there's more and more corporations setting up shop out there and in Henderson. And so I think that's where it's headed. And um, by the way, speaking of Vegas, <laughs> we mentioned, but I want to give a shout out to my friend Amber Strauser. Soul Cycle Vegas closed. I was there for her last classes. Hey, Soul Cycle, how did you not turn Las Vegas into your mass square garden? All the tourists at the Wynn, you should have made business partners with the Wynn Hotel. You would have riders up to, you know what, that class, those last four classes are full. How you drop that back, I don't know. But she did a great job closing down Soul Cycle Las Vegas. Shame on you, Soul Cycle. That was your Madison Square Garden. By the way, Madison Square Garden, a lot of the fans are tourists. And the Knicks know how to capture that dollar. Soul Cycle should have done the same thing. And Soul Cycle is based in New York, and they see Madison Square Garden. They should know how to do that. Well, <laughs> one man's <laughs> loss is another man's gain, and it's definitely. Uh, the Chargers game with Amber. So shout out to Amber. But so while we're on the yeah. topic of Las Vegas, the Super Bowl will be here, will be held there in a couple of weeks, like I just mentioned. Yes. And we're recording this uh, the weekend before the conference championship. So I'm going to put you on the spot. We have a, we have the Kansas Ooh. City Chiefs away to the Baltimore Ravens. And then we also have the San Francisco Ooh. 49ers hosting the Detroit Lions. Give us Detroit. your Super Bowl predictions. Okay. Who will be represented in Las Vegas? I will pick in the AFC. You got to go Lamar Jackson. That Ravens defense is awesome. I like Mahomes. I think Kelsey's a little older. I don't think they have quite the weapons they used to. It's going to be a close game, but I'm going to pick Baltimore to win 24 to 20. And in the NFC, man, I feel bad because one of my best friends, Andy Brandt, is a big Detroit fan, and I want the Lions to win. I really do. I don't think they can stop CMC. I know Brock Purdy's not as good as Jared Goff, but the 49ers, I will pick the 49ers to win 27-23, and I will take the Ravens against the 49ers in a rematch, but it's not too hard, boss. It's only one. So we want Harbaugh against uh, Shanahan. Wow. Okay. Well, I mean, he's even given us score predictions. Wow. We'll we'll make sure we write that down and keep track of that. But I'm with you yes. on the Lamar Jackson train. I'm going with the Baltimore Ravens. I want to see Lamar on the big stage and put yes. all this stuff to bed about if he's a real quarterback or not. So we can. I want. I want to dead that narrative. But on the NFC, yeah, uh, unanimous MVP. And he's not a real quarterback. Oh, well, gosh, we know what, what that we know what that's about. So uh, we know right. what that's about. He, he's a he's a naysayer, right? Yeah, I know. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> can't say the word I want to say on air, yeah, man. I can't say it. So yeah, I'm saying naysayer that's... with a hard R. Y'all know what yeah. that means. Yeah, that's hilarious. But on, on the NFC, on the other side, I'm going to part ways with you, man. I'm going with the Cinderella story. I'm going with Ooh. Ford Field. I'm going with the Detroit Lions after 50 years. And I think that they're going to go into San Francisco because guess what? They plan with house money. They have nothing to lose. All the expectations are with the 49ers. And then you mentioned about CMC, but what you didn't talk about was, 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 uh, 
the running back, the uh, Samuel, the receiver, right now he's questionable. Debo. Oh well, I okay. If Debo's not he's, okay, if he's, Debo's he's not playing, questionable. All right, if Debo's not in the game, Detroit should win because San Francisco's very one dimensional. Because then they can stack the line, and Brock Purdy does not. I heard what Lewis Riddick said, and I totally disagree. But the point is, Brock Purdy cannot beat you with his arm. If exactly. it's a passing contest, Jared Goff will win that one. But if Debo's there, then I think San Francisco will have enough to win because San Francisco does have a nice pass rush that should be a pressure Goff and make it difficult. So the Detroit offensive line is going to have to protect because you got Joey Bosa and Young, Chase Young, going after quarterback. That's that's going to be a long day, and Goff's not that mobile. However, um, if Brock doesn't have the safety valve and Samuel – um, you know, I, I do think Detroit's a better team than Green Bay. I think Green Bay blew their opportunity to win that game. So we'll see. If Samuel's out, I'll pick Detroit. If Samuel's there, I think San Francisco will find a way to win that game. But it's going to be an ugly game. This is this is the kind of game Dan Campbell wants. So mm-hmm. um, In the trenches, baby. Yeah, in the trenches. This is the, the, the bite kneecap game that Dan wants. I think he's going to get. But I think the Lions will come just a little short. I would prefer... Personally, I prefer to see Detroit win. I'm not a I'm not a Shanahan guy. I think he gets too cute. I don't like how Shanahan finishes games. Go look at that Super Bowl when he was the OC against the Falcons. He didn't run the ball enough to leave, let Brady too much time to come back. So that's an issue. That's a real concern here for San Francisco. They don't finish games. Shanahan has that issue of not finishing. But hey, if he wins this game, wins the Super Bowl, they're not to zip it. Well, guys, we will come back next week and we will make our Super Bowl predictions. But let's get yes. the business like usual here on a Sports Gumbo. Last episode, uh, Eric was able to educate you on what's a W-2, what's a W-9, what's a 1099, what's the advantage of having a tax pro. So let's take things a step forward, Eric. And so today's topic, I want to talk about S-Corps and C-Corps. First of all, we talked about being an entrepreneur uh, last episode. And the first thing you got to do is start you an LLC if you are a business owner. But let's take it a step further. What's an S-Corp? Okay. So just to be clear, in case some people don't understand, S-Corp, because we were talking about Vegas, means S-Corporations, not the other. Because <laughs> when I talk too fast, it sounds like the other word. Uh, S-Corp stands for Subchapter S-Corporation. When you form a corporation, all corporations are a C corporation. You have to elect to file as a subchapter S. Subchapter S is a flow through entity that allows business owners to save on payroll taxes. And you get a, K, a form K1 that shows your share of the income. So my business is an LLC that files as an S corp. There you go. I don't want to have my length moment because I almost went down two weeks ago with Kristen Kelsch, it was KLK Law, by the way. So, Chris, I apologize, messed up your law firm's name. And she knows about it. She thought it was funny. So, I almost <laughs> had my life moment again. S Corp. S Corp. Because <laughs> we're gotcha. talking about Vegas. And, you know, the other. Co- anyway, so you get a K1 that shows your share of profit and loss, flows through to your 1040. If you, you know, uh, fellow CPA Mark Kohler says if you make over 50000 in your LLC, you should elect to file as an S corporation or S corp. 
And if you live in Nevada, you don't pay state income taxes. So shout out to your business owner in Vegas. You're, you're, you're doing well. Okay. So that's S-Corps. We got that cleared away. Now, what the hell is a C-Corp? C-Corp is, uh, is a corporation. C-Corp files its own tax return. Typically, these are going to be mostly publicly traded companies or companies that have a lot of um, private money. You know, if there's a lot of fundraising, they tend to be in C-Corps. But C-Corps, the disadvantage to, to, between them and S-Corporation, if, if your business is a C-Corp, um, the C-Corp pays its own taxes, and in any wages you pay through W-2 out of C-Corp, you have to pay tax, so you get double taxed. So not a lot of people are incorrectly classify themselves as a C-Corporation, but most people don't need to. Now, a lot of the publicly traded companies that we've heard of, they have C-Corporations, but that's because of the kind of entities they are, and it's best to do it that way. Um, but most small businesses do not need to be a C-Corporation. Okay, well, let's, let's um, you know, people learn differently and need examples. So let's provide you with a hypothetical situation. I'm a personal trainer. Um, you know, I don't work for a gym. I just literally work people out at parks. I work them out at home. And uh, let's say that, you know, the end of the tax year, I bring in $40,000 cash in hand every year. What do I need to have my business registered as? Uh, I would say you should set it up as a, L a sole member LLC and then you right. file Schedule C. And then as your business grows, you can then elect to file as an S corporation. So if you end up, you know, trainers, I know trainers that make, you know, a few hundred thousand, a uh, few hundred thousand dollars because they do online training and they provide other services. Once you cross, in my professional opinion, which I've learned from Mark Kohler, shout out to you, Mark Kohler, and directed IRA, you guys are killing it. 50000 and up, at that point, you should be an LLC filing as an S corporation. Mm. In my professional okay. opinion. Yeah. But everybody, there's different CPAs have different things. So there's no one size fit all. So you just want to work with someone that you trust that understands your situation and where your business is going. And definitely, if you are running a business as such in this hypothetical situation that we just explained, it is very important that you hire a what? A tax pro, like we just mentioned. Tax professional. Yes, that's right. Hire a tax pro. Um, a lot of people overpaying their taxes. I think 30% of tax returns filed. I've overpaid taxes. So, you know, spend a little extra money. Again, you don't have to have a CPA, but at least, you know, you can also file an uh, enrolled agent, which is a license given by the IRS. And enrolled agents tend to specialize more in tax because, again, a CP not every CPA specializes in tax. Some CPA specialize in financial reporting, audit, right? They have a wider range because CPA license, people also use it to sign audit reports. Um, you know, I used to be an auditor for other companies. I do focus on tax. I have my CPA. Had I known about the road agent license, I would have gotten it in college. So, um, and then I also have a CPA license because there are business owners, particularly higher end, that don't want to work an old agent because of perception. I'm not saying it's correct. So I'm not knocking enrolled agents, but there's certain income level. They will not hire that.
generally. And and here's my words of advice to any entrepreneur out there, anyone that's you know get, getting ready to prepare their taxes, and you're inquiring about a tax pro, a CPA. Don't ask for a discount. You don't go into Louis Vuitton asking for a discount. You don't go into Walmart asking for a discount if it's not a... You don't go anywhere asking for a discount. So don't ask your tax pro for a discount. Oh, man. Pay premium price, you get premium results. (laughs) No, I I agree. uh, Whenever I go to Louis... Um, or when I see my friend, uh, oh, geez, uh, Lynn over at Ferragamo Beverly Hills. I'm going to see her next week. I'd never ask for a discount. I'd be laughed out of the store, Rodeo Drive. <laughs> I'd be laughed out. <laughs> you, you will they'd be, be la- They'd laugh at me. And no, you'll be, es- they'll laugh at you. And I'll be, be escorted, escorted out. <laughs> yeah. I'll be escorted out. Yes. I would not be paid like an escort in Vegas. I'll be kicked out. <laughs> <laughs> and that's right, guys. Well, we'll wrap things up there. And uh, like we always talked about, guys, this this platform is to educate you on all things taxes, all things money. It's gumbo. You know, I, I, I don't know about you, Eric, but I like a little bit of everything in my gumbo. And that's what this podcast is about. You know, we talk about different different topics, different sports, um, you know, a, a mismatch of everything as he's stirring in his spoon. That's one of those big industrials. You got you making a big pot. You making you going to freeze you some. You're going to have you some leftovers. That's for sure. Oh, I'm six. Eight. What do you want me to eat a gumbo pot like this? I mean, you know, I, <laughs> I'm a, a six. Eight guy. I got some muscle. Thank you to my to my trainer, Mario. Move with a follow him on Instagram, move with Mario. I train with him here at Lifetime in Austin. Also train with Brandon Cheeks, who's the coach of the San Diego Sharks. Catch us February 10th uh, against Tijuana, 6 p.m. Mira Mesa. You also see our dancers first time led by Amber Strouser. Uh, also come see Dion and also uh, Dion Davis, our big man Julio, dunk on somebody. But yeah, shout out to all of them. Shout out to the squad. Good luck to the fellas. Make sure you guys find them on social media. And until then, guys, we will come back next week with our Super Bowl predictions. Until then, have a great week, everybody. Stir it up. Thank you. (laughs) Stir it up, baby. Stir it up. (laughs) Peace out. Have a great week, guys. 